0: It's 49ers. Cutback podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. I always do these upon further review episodes every single week after I watch the film to give kind of a deeper look and give my coaching points on what I've seen. Of course, this is what I used to do every week when I coach football, so uh, this is something that I enjoy doing. And one of the things that I've been hearing a lot is that Kyle Shanahan had some bad play calling in this game that Kyle just really needs to get it together. The Forty yards need to run the football more. The 49ers are throwing the football too much. And so I really wanted to deep dive into all of that because what I'm hearing is the 49ers' run game was going so good. Christian McCaffrey's rushing for nearly five yards a carry. What are you doing, Kyle? Just turn and give him the football consistently. But like I always say, there's got to be context to what you're looking at. It's not as simple as just, hey, Kyle, turn around and give the ball to Christian McCaffrey. You have to make sure that that run game is going to be successful. And there's a variety of reasons why the run game will be successful and why it may not. Yeah, it could be as simple as you're just better than the other team and you can ram it down their throat every single play. But that is not the norm, especially when you get to the playoffs. And I know circumstance normally deems, hey, run the football. It's rainy. It's wet. Who else knows that it's rainy and wet, and that you're going to run the football? The defense. Uh, so I think this is one of those interesting conversations, and I want to get into this. I want to talk about when you run the ball, when you don't run the ball, uh, why you throw the ball more than maybe you should, and if Kyle Shanahan had ba- bad play calling. And I want to get into that, plus a-, a variety of other things I noticed while watching film. This is going to be a great, fun episode. I'm going to get into it. Let me know what you think about it as well, uh, because you know this is one of those these topics that is really being talked about a lot. And I kind of just want to give some context to it, give my opinion on it. You guys can let me know if you agree or disagree. Uh, but this is just my experience through coaching as being a play caller is this is the things that you get you look at. Now, I was nowhere near Kyle Shannon. I'm not going to act like I can coach at any one of their levels or anything like that. But uh, there are some things that definitely point towards a certain direction. And I think that's what I want to go into in this episode. So it's going to be a pawn for the review. We're going to answer some questions about how the Forty Yards played, why there were some weaknesses, some things they need to fix. And, of course, we're going to get into the topic of did Kyle Shannon have bad play calling? Did he throw the ball too much? This is going to be a fun episode. Please like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'm on the push for 5K. And if you're listening on audio platform, Forty yards Cutback on Believe, please give it a five-star rating. And I will have some video clips in this. So, audio listeners, I will do my best to explain it the best I possibly can. Like you can't see uh, the video that I'm going to be uh, d- displaying. And if you're going to bet, bet with Bet Online. With NFL playoffs here and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile. You can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today and get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So going into the games, of course, when you watch it live, you have a certain opinion about what you've seen. Uh, Sometimes your opinion could be this team was absolutely fantastic. They fired on all cylinders. I'm going to go into this film, and it's just going to be, wow, this is, this is teach tape. We're going to teach everyone on how good the 49ers played. And then there's times when you go into a game like the Packers game where you have this eerie feeling, a bad feeling, like, man, they really didn't execute at a high level. This was a bad football game. The aura of the game felt bad. And sometimes it doesn't go that way. I know there were lots of times when I went into game film, When I coached and I thought, wow, this is going to be fun to watch. And there was a lot of mistakes in it. And then when it was tough losses, a lot of times like, wow, we actually played pretty good. We just didn't do certain things at certain times. Or I looked at myself. Maybe I made a mistake, a bad call in a certain situation, and I learned to evaluate myself as well. So you have to have tell tell the truth Monday where you examine how good you uh, did, whether you're a player or a coach. And everyone's looking to get better. Everyone's looking uh, to – you know, do things at a higher level, be more consistent. That's what you want to do. But also you want to look at what the opposing team did to you as well, because sometimes they will give you insight into what others are going to try to do or how they're starting to handle the things that you do. Well, it's always very interesting. And you had Matt LaFleur going against Kyle Shanahan. And I know Matt LaFleur is not the defensive coordinator, but it's been well-documented over the last five weeks that he went to help Joe Barry start putting together defensive game plans over the last five weeks, and their defenses played tremendously better. And I think it was illustrated. The understanding that Matt LaFleur has with Kyle Shanahan's system, the understanding that he has, uh, being with Kyle Shanahan for eight years as coach, definitely was on display. And then Joe Barry, also familiar with Kyle from all the time he was in Los Angeles with the Rams, with McVeigh, and how they would approach trying to stop Kyle Shanahan. So there was a lot of knowledge into what Kyle does. And I think that some of that was displayed here. It didn't always mean it was a bad play call. Sometimes it just meant it was a really good defensive play call, and they handled the things the 49ers did very well. So game plan-wise, Kyle was going to have to adjust, and he did adjust in this game. And, of course, we're going to get all into that in the run game. So one of the things I hear the most from you know Forty fans especially, and it was all over the reaction show. I've listened to other content creators, and they've been talking about it as well. Is the Forty ers just don't run the football enough? Oh, so when do you run the football? A lot of people will tell you, hey, you just go out there and you just run the football no matter what. You call a run play, you run it. That's not how it works. You have to get the right type of situation to run the ball, because if defenses come in and they load the box. The averages of you getting a consistent gain or being able to put yourself in an advantageous second and third down diminish. So you want to take advantage of what the defense is providing. If the defense is providing a eight man in the box look or a loaded box, you want to throw the football. Now, it was a lot more challenging in the rain. It definitely was. Brock Purdy did not look good consistently throwing the ball in the rain. That is well documented. But if you can get a seven-man box, which means they have a two-high safety look, then you can feel more confident about what you can do in the run game. It's better numbers for you. A light box is when you want to run the football. You can be more consistent and have more uh, success. So let's look at the very first play of the game. You're going to see here uh, Christian McCaffrey. You see the two high safeties, and Christian McCaffrey is just going to run the ball. This is just an outside, outside zone here. And you can see they get the motion. You look at all the movement with the Green Bay Packers, but we're just going to get a nice positive gain on this as a two-high safety look. Those are the looks you're looking for when you're talking about playing. You can see the two high safeties, uh, so that makes it a light box. And look at all the movement with George Kittle across, the return. Kyle Shady is trying to catch them out of position, and it works early on. Um, the problem is you can't consistently get that run, from the 49ers so you see that is an advantageous run box they run the football on play one i guarantee they went in there with a run and pass option i know kyle has a script but you still do that but you can see two high safeties better advantage in fact the safety didn't even drive up he didn't even come help phil they were able to get a stop but the four yards got five yards on the play that's an advantageous run box that's a time to run the football so that was well done There are certain moments that it's okay to run against an eight-man box, and that is if you can outman them on one side of the football. So a lot of times what defenses do is bring a safety up, but they will load one side of the field, and they don't always stay balanced. And when that happens, you can flip the play to the other side and run the ball that way if you really want to run the ball against an eight-man box. We know Kyle Shanahan is not afraid to run against an eight-man box. He's said that before, but you don't want that to be the norm. So you're seeing a situation where the 49ers can take advantage of those light boxes. So that was a too-high safety look. So if you're ever wondering why I talk about that, that's what it is. If you're ever talk, wondering why I talk about loaded boxes and light boxes, it's talking about having the too-high safeties make it a light box. So here's an instance where the 49ers are going to get a a, um, a heavy box. The safety's going to walk up with the motion and go over the end man on the line. Uh, he's going to be off ball. You're seeing Charlie Warner. Or that's George Kittle going in motion. You see the safety walking up. Uh, this is going to present an eight man box, but the 49ers are going to defeat it by going the other way where they still have numbers in their favor. It's a lighter box that way. Now, of course, this is the end of the game. The 49ers are trying to use some clock before they score a touchdown, but it gives you an idea of what you have to do. If you're going to go against an eight man box and still run the football Still more difficult. And you'll see why here's the run look at the disengage off uh aaron banks and we're going to get a tackle here so you still have to win and execute so is that a bad play call no that's a good play call away from where you're getting everyone going and towards a- an opening so you have a heavy box one way and you can run the weak side behind Trent Williams behind banks now if banks could have made his block on Kenny Clark he wouldn't have disengaged and made the tackle on McCaffrey Probably would have had even more significant gain. So it's a good play call. It's a good job by Brock. I don't know if Brock flipped the play or not. But you've seen Kyle use the motion. That dictated the safety got up. That revealed what was going on. And you could see in some of the clips later on, you get a real clear picture of what uh, the run game is trying to do. So that was what lo- a heavy box looks like. You saw the light box on the first play with the two high safeties. And then that is running away from where you get the heavy guy on the safety side and running weak side. So that's how you do it. You count numbers in the box first. That's seven-man box is the most advantageous to run the football. And if you have an eight-man box, then you're counting from center over which way. And if they overload one side, then you can attack them on the other side. So it's it's a lot of it's about numbers. It presents angles for your linemen. And that's exactly what you're trying to do from play to play is put your guys in the best situations to be successful. And when you're talking about the best situation to be successful, here is the Christian McCaffrey touchdown run. Now, you see Kyle Juszczyk just came in. Uh, he's giving some point. You see the linebackers are in the middle there. But you can see right now there's two high safeties. Uh, so they have two, si- two high safeties, and they have uh, a light box. So the 49ers are going to go with a quick toss. Now, Warner is supposed to go in motion across the formation, But because of time constraints, Brock Purdy's not going to let him. So Brock Purdy gets him into this play, canned it by the look, brings Kyle Juszczyk inside, and now the 49ers are going to run this play. And you can see him keep him there at the quick toss, and Charlie Warner makes a good block on the edge. But you can see all the movement, and now look at the open hole. Great blocks in the middle by the offensive line, and it's on McCaffrey to make someone miss. But this is a good situation to run the football. Those are the kinds of of runs you're looking for. That angle is really good for seeing everything. Now you can see what Christian McCaffrey sees when he's going up the, you know, up the hole, but you see him keep Charlie Warner there. And if you look from 68 to 69, you find what I call a bubble in the defense. It allows you the angles you need to create a lane to run the football. And you can see they do it here. Uh, Feliciano gets on here, Warner, and then now you're pushing up the second level, um, with Colt McKivitt so it's a great execution And then McCaffrey you want to be able to make people miss in the open field that's what makes you special and Christian McCaffrey has that ability so you could see a light box presents an opportunity for a touchdown that little quick short toss talked about it last week that that was going to be something that would be effective against the Green Bay Packers defense and it was it was a great executed play great blocking and a lot of times Great execution makes the play call look fantastic. Poor execution does not. When you get a poorly executed play, it will make it look like you're not doing your job as a play caller. So as you can see, that was some good stuff. Let's look at one more run by Christian McCaffrey. This is the short touchdown run. I want to look at this one uh, because I want you guys to look at this. See them motion in Warner again. You look... Uh, between um, the guard and tackle, they leave a bigger split than normal. A split is a gap between the two guys. They're creating a void. Now there's going to be a late motion by Kyle Ushek that is going to move Quay Walker outside of George Kittle and create extra space in the middle where they actually want to run. So they were being so aggressive on moving and getting uh, outside and getting leverage on plays uh, in the 49ers run game that Kyle Shanahan started manipulating them and using motion to move them and create lanes where Christian McCaffrey could run. And this is a perfect example of that. You count from Colt McKibbitt's outside, one, two, three, four, five Packers outside. They're going to get blocked by four guys because Feliciano is going to end up going out and helping. And then use checks going to go up as well. And so the 49ers get the numbers that they're looking for, and then they get the one-on-one. And once again, you have a player like Christian McCaffrey, who can win, and you get big-time touchdowns. Uh, so you can see it from this angle as well. I'll freeze it. Look at the hole already there. All you have to do is make sure you take advantage of the crease. Uh, Quay Walker moved to be outside shade of, of uh, Kyle Juszczyk, and now you've got a good advantageous run, and they're spread out everywhere else. Touchdown 49ers. This is a great call and a great usage of formation, and Kyle Juszczyk in motion to move Quay Walker. That's how you have success in the run game. Those are successful run plays. And I know that one's a loaded box. But once again, what do we talk about? Numbers, right? Getting guys in certain locations so you can run. And that's exactly what they did. So it is possible to run against loaded boxes. It's just not always the easiest. And thanks so much for the new subscription. Really appreciate it. Uh, You're the best. And so when we're talking about Kyle and the run game, I want to go through this because... A lot of people have been talking about Christian McCaffrey's effectiveness on the ground. And he did rush for nearly 98, or he ran for 98 yards, nearly 100 yards in this game. And it got me thinking because people were acting like, man, these guys, Christian McCaffrey was just pounding the football, 40 yards, running the football. You're getting you know, so many yards per carry. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, they, they, they seem like it. And then I went back and I took Christian McCaffrey's 39 yard touchdown th- uh, run, that big run that I showed you. And I took that off his stat sheet, and then I figured out what his yards per carry were. Besides that run, if you took that run out of the mix, but what his consistent carries were in this game, he was averaging 3.6 yards per carry. The truth is the 49ers run game wasn't as effective. And when I focused on the film and watched why, the Green Bay Packers had a lot of late movement. The way I showed you with Quay Walker come, you know, moving outside, uh, the linebackers moving with motion earlier, There was a lot of movement from the Green Bay Packers as far as motions, shifts. Uh, They were flying around. They were getting edges and protecting edges against the 49ers run game. They did a really good job. They had a great game plan against the 49ers run game. And I thought that they were executing at a high level. And I think part of the reason they were executing at a higher level was because there was no Debo Samuel. And I think a lot of times when Debo goes out, people say, hey, Debo's out, but you can't lose your offense. But it's not that you lose your offense. You're losing a key cog. You're losing a player that keeps everyone's eyes on them. If you go back and you watch the last series of the game, you could see them use Chris Conley in a Debo role. You see them use George Kittle in a Debo role. And Kittle did get some attention, but Conley got zero. I mean, zero. He backed up uh, straight back, and people are probably like, what's going on? That's when Brock Purdy had the scramble. Well, he backed up because that's what they do with Debo sometimes. And then that's an outlet. You go ahead and you're playing coverage down the field. Brock Purdy could get the ball out to Debo and let him create in space. But now you're doing it with Conley because you're just looking for people that could fill that role uh, because you want to run those plays, but Debo's normally the guy. So I want to show you a play, and it'll kind of illustrate the importance of Debo. So you'll see Debo going in motion here. Now we'll look at every single Packer player, Moving across the formation. So you see guys moving, corners coming up. Now watch him go in motion and all the movement that goes with him. Uh More movement. Now Preston Smith on the top side. He's staying out wide. That makes the block easier. Look at all the space in the middle for Christian McCaffrey uh, because defenders have to respect Debo Samuel going to the back. And The other angle will give you even a clearer picture as you see Brandon Ayuk uh, getting in a little squirmish. But just look at the movement of the Packers. Debo goes across. They switch linebackers. Now he's going to go back across. Look at Quay Walker moving. Look at Preston Smith stay out out wide. That creates the hole as Feliciano pulls. Uh, you see Quay Walker sitting home. Now McCaffrey is able to look at all that space. Uh, there's a nice bit of space there that's created in the run game because of Debo Samuel and what he can do uh, without the ball in his hand. So that was a very subtle play, but I think that's a, a good reason why the 49ers weren't as effective in the run game. You can move players pre-snap. It makes the run game easier. Without Debo Samuel doing that, paying attention, defenders having to create space by you know, realizing that they need to go with Debo like Preston Smith did, that made the block very easy for John Feliciano. So whenever that's in the game plan and whenever Debo's in the game plan and he should be highly in the game plan, you expect your run game to be more effective. So the truth is the run game wasn't as effective. A lot of times green Bay was able to stop it. Even with a light box. I I give them a lot of credit. They schemed it up. Well, they played well. They were defeating blocks on 49ers uh, run blockers, whether that was wide receivers, tight ends, they were just doing a good job. We got to give them credit defensively. They played well. The 49ers did not play as well, especially in the run game. And why else wasn't the 49ers' offense as effective? Well, I think a big reason why was the pressure on Brock Purdy. There are examples in this game where Brock Purdy could have had big plays down the field. Kyle Shanahan absolutely dialed them up, and they were not effective. And the reason they weren't effective was because he just didn't have the time to execute. And sometimes, plays just take too long. And you're hoping that you're going to have the time. You're hoping that you're going to move the pocket. You're going to have these big shots down the field. But lack of execution doesn't illustrate bad play calling. Lack of execution is just lack of execution, and that happens. Did Kyle Shanahan have some bad plays? Some calls he would like back against certain coverages? Absolutely. But did Kyle Shanahan have a bad game calling this game? No. Uh, There were opportunities. People talked about the end of the half. Like, hey, Kyle, what are you doing Why didn't you go hard? Why aren't you getting the ball down the field? You're playing for a field goal. What are you doing? I don't know how many people remember there's a play where uh, you got George Kittle just yelling at everyone to come back. Well, I'll show you that play and show you why uh, this this can't be the case because Kyle absolutely dials one up uh, for Brandon Ayuk. So Brandon Ayuk is on the top of the screen. Christian McCaffrey is going to go in motion out. And what you're going to see, you're going to watch Brandon Ayuk. Uh, the two receivers at the bottom are going to clear this thing out. And Ayuk's coming for the crosser. And he would be open uh, at, on the crossing route around the 20-yard line down by the numbers. But Brock Purdy goes ahead and, and checks it down underneath to Christian McCaffrey. But this is not a Kyle Shanahan thing. I mean, he dialed this thing up for, for Brandon Ayuk. It could have been a big play. You know, Brock went with the safe bet. You don't want to take a sack. You don't want to lose points. But it was a situation where he dialed it up. And think about if he makes that catch, the 49ers still had a timeout. Could have used the timeout, took a couple shots at the end zone or before the end of the half. Kyle made a good call there. It just wasn't able to be executed the way you want. You're getting a little bit more pressure into Brock Purdy's face than you want, and he doesn't have the time to step up and make that throw. And so, you know, those are the types of things where is that a bad play call? No, that's a good play call. Uh, but it just wasn't executed to the level that it should be. Now, if you're consistently putting offensive linemen in situations that they can't win, then that could be deemed bad play calling. But I don't think this particular play was. That was one they should have got. Now, how many remember the play where uh, famously you hear the announcers talk about, I don't even, I think it was Greg Olson, I don't even know who Brock Purdy was throwing to. It went like way out towards the sideline. You're like, hey, man, uh, what happened there? Well, here's what happened. Jawan Jennings, are going to absolutely dial up a shot for Jawan Jennings. He's on the top of the screen as wide receiver. And you see all the play action. They're shooting this. Now, he's running a fake corner uh, to the top side, and then he's going to break back across. Now, Preston Smith gets away from Trent Williams. You see Trent is standing there still, and Smith is going to start closing on Brock, and this route is not quite there. You see right now Jawan Jennings is going to break back. Uh, but Brock's got someone in his face and doesn't have the time to wait for Jawan Jennings. And it could have been an absolutely huge play there. Uh, so let's watch that one again. So you can see it top topside just outside the hash mark. You see the motion by Kyle Juszczyk. Now he's going to run up. I don't know if this route is just taking too long for Jawan. But, I mean, this play is a whole shot touchdown. Uh, you see all the open field uh, the bottom, you know, they, they had the uh, middle safety is just beat on this one, uh, but he doesn't have the time to execute. And ultimately that gets him. So you see another shot called up for Kyle Shanahan for Brock Purdy and the team. And if Preston Smith doesn't get free from Trent Williams, I don't know if Trent thought the ball was already going to be released or not, uh, but that was a huge play potential touchdown play that the 49ers don't get on that drive. So. You see opportunities where Kyle Shanahan dialed it up, opportunities that could have been successfully converted for big plays or touchdowns. Uh, Brandon Ayuk at the end of the half, who knows what happens there. Uh, Jake Moody got a long field goal blocked. If they're closer, could not he elevate it a little bit more, get it through? If it's caught by Brandon Ayuk, he could get in for a touchdown, or they could use a timeout, take shots. So there were opportunities, and that's what I saw when I watched the film consistently were opportunities just like those. And so, yeah, the offense, definitely, uh, the thought process is run the football more. I always like to see more runs, but I don't think the 49ers were executing at a high enough level to consistently uh, run the ball. I thought in the second half they made some adjustments that worked well. The last drive, they've really got it figured out. So bravo to the 49ers for that. And now they have to figure out what the Lions are going to do to them, and that'll be interesting as well. So the pressure on Brock, you see it, it kind of eliminated some opportunities for big plays down the field. Uh, and then I think Brock's grip issues were big because there were some errant throws on Brock Purdy's behalf. And normally he just doesn't make, normally he's pretty accurate with the football. There's the occasional one that gets away, but you could definitely tell he wasn't comfortable and then receivers not getting to their spots. I mean, Ray McLeod was running a swirl route. Yes. His, the cornerback fell down, did not work back towards the middle of the field where Brock was throwing the ball. Got to be there unless it's a scramble drill. He wasn't. Uh, there's another one, George Kittle's running a seam route. He gets redirected by the linebacker, unable to get back to his spot. Brock throws to the spot. Ball lands incomplete inside. Not what you're wanting. And so it was a combination of Brock having some accuracy issues due to the ball at times. And there was some whether it was receivers. And when you compound that, that's when you start getting – the numbers that don't look good as far as completion percentage, that's when you don't get uh, the plays you need. I mean, Brock, Brock hit George Kittle in the hands and he dropped the football. So uh there was some bad Brock in this game with the hands and the slipping and, you know, some mm-hmm. of that, and then there was some when it came to the receivers in the same category. So do I think Kyle Shanahan called a bad game in? in no, he didn't. Uh Do I think he had to, a couple bad calls here and there? Yes. Uh, do I think if the forty yards would have executed a higher level at the run game, he would have stuck with it? Absolutely. If they would have been chopping off more, you know, four, four and a half yards per carry, then yes, I think he would have stuck with the run game more. The 49ers would have consistently went after Green Bay that way. It took the onus off Brock Purdy, but it just wasn't there. And if you go back and you watch the film, it's going to show you. They weren't executing good enough. They were allowing defenders to get off blocks. Uh, that was, you know, wide receivers. That was tight ends. It was offensive linemen. It was a consistent here and there miss. And it was the difference between plays going for two and three yards and plays going for four and five. And ultimately, that was the difference between him sticking with the run game and turning more to the passing game where he thought that he could have more success because the run game wasn't going as good. He probably thought, hey, if we have some success in the passing game, they'll soften up even more. And then we could go back to the running game, which didn't happen. Now, over on the defensive side of the ball, I know we focused a lot of time on the offense. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, slipping down in coverage was huge. It cost the 40 yards, over 100 yards uh, of offense. Other than that, the secondary played pretty darn good. Uh, You did have the penalties as well. That was something I I was not a fan of. Ambry Thomas, on two occasions, had egregious penalties. He would have gotten beat for a touchdown when Romeo Dabbs went to the inside and then broke back out. That was his first penalty. So it's probably a good thing that he grabbed him, but be in better position, Ambry. Be where you're supposed to be uh, and don't allow those types of things to happen. And on the second one to Bo Melton, you're there. You have your hand. You can put your hand right on his body. Just don't pull, don't push, nothing. Uh, You're taller than Bo Melton. Uh, You have more length. Just stand right there and knock that football away. Uh, Do not grab him around. I don't know what he's doing there. That's a bad technique. I don't know if he's going back to some of his college technique, but there's no way that Steve Wilkes will teach that in that situation. There's no way that Daniel Bullock teaches that. It's poor technique, and ultimately, it it was a bad penalty, a 41 yard penalty. Uh, it was a on a third down. That was a big play in the game, and so uh, he's got to be better. He's got to make sure he works on his hands, worked on his technique, and and get it down. And I think Steve Wilkes will put a focus on that. But that was huge in the game. The slipping. We saw Tashawn Gibson slip, touchdown. Tarverius Ward slip, Romeo Dobbs with his biggest play of the game down the sidelines. Greg Greenlaw slipped, the initial first down to start the game. There were big time plays like that that happened. And so those compound uh, the situation on defense because without those, you only have a couple mishaps and you're playing a lot better in the secondary against the passing game. Even though, with all of that, the 49ers still held the Green Bay Packers under 200 yards. Passing, which is absolutely fantastic run fits by the secondary uh ambry thomas once again doesn't come up and set a hard edge against aaron jones he gets the outside can't do that you saw logan ryan have a couple bad fits as well you gotta come up there and you gotta do it right and i thought that has been an area and if you guys know since i've been on the channel uh, or since we've been talking about logan ryan this year i've been concerned about him and run fits and that was on display Jair Brown is definitely better in run fits than Logan Ryan. There's no mistake about it. I just don't know if Jair Brown is better in in uh, coverage than uh, Logan Ryan is. I think it's pretty close. Uh, Logan Ryan had a couple mishaps in this game, and so maybe the 49ers look to make a change. We'll see. But it's it's an interesting thing here. I mean, uh, if you're, you're playing the Detroit Lions, they have some talented uh, wide receivers, and they have a very talented Sam Laporta. So the give and take, Jair Brown against... That run game of Montgomery and uh, Jameer Gibbs would be very nice. Uh, his athleticism against Sam Laporta, very nice. Um, but you wonder how he's going to be in coverage against a Sam Laporta or what the Forty plan to do. So interesting week. We'll see. Logan Ryan, Jair Brown. I think that one's still up in the air. But Logan Ryan definitely needs to get better in run fits. He needs to have better angles. And there were some other guys as well. Defensive linemen not retracing on the big Aaron Jones run. Uh, Nick Bosa probably should have had a help tackle on that. Him and Logan Ryan both missed out on that. I think there were some other ones as well. So um, the 49ers, though, pretty good. Deometer Lenore, by the way, in run fits from the nickel position, was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Deometer Lenore is a, a just a stud right now. Uh, I feel so comfortable d- with Deometer Lenore and how he's doing. So uh, the run defense overall uh, I know they were getting they're getting hammered right now. You know, Aaron Jones went for over a hundred yards. He had hundred eight yards. Uh, the run defense isn't what it used to be. I'm worried about Detroit. They average over 130 yards a game, and they do. And Detroit's good. Uh, but I think we need to once again the same way I did with Christian McCaffrey with context about how many aver- how many yards he was having per game. We need to do the same thing with Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones reeled off some good runs in the first half. He was getting the edge. They were having success with the pin and pull, using wide receivers to kick down our edge defenders, and then pulling the offensive linemen around and getting some good angles on our linebackers and creating some nice runs. It was a good game plan. They executed it well. The second half, Steve Wilks and the 49ers defense adjusted, and they got those linebackers outside and able to help there. And once they did that, they really slowed down the effectiveness of the Packers running game. And yes, Aaron Jones did get over 100 yards, and everyone's like, yeah, Aaron Jones uh, tore up the 49ers. Not really. Besides that one run, Aaron Jones averaged 3.2 yards per carry. So if you eliminate his biggest run, the 49ers consistently were holding him to 3.2 yards per carry. And I know you got to add it all in for totality, but I'm just showing that and illustrating that the 49ers were doing a really good job against Aaron Jones minus one play. So oh, I don't have the deepest concerns about the 49ers run game that maybe everyone else does. I have concerns about Logan Ryan filling and, and fitting in and run fits. I have a little bit of concerns about Ambry Thomas coming up and helping in the run game. Those things are true. But I think overall, with our linebacker group and our defensive line, I thought they did a pretty good job. Uh, I think Steve Wilkes figured out real quick how to stop the pin and pull technique, and he's going to have to because Detroit's going to come with some good, some good stuff. Uh, the offensive coordinator is fantastic. And they do a really good job of doing some things that can deke you. They think you're going to get trapped and they run that offensive tackle around and get him on a, a secondary player. So there's going to be a lot there. They're, they're a tough team, but the 49ers were proving that they could hold. Imagine if he doesn't have that run and everyone's talking about how he went off for what, 60 yards in the game, something like that. Uh, I mean, at the time he made the run, it was 55 yards on the ground. it, it's just, you know, that's the thing. It wasn't an explosive game from him. He had some early success in the run game of the 49ers. Really good in the second half. Think about this. 49 ers Steve Wilkes makes huge adjustments in the second half against the run game. As soon as the run game diminishes, so does Jordan Love's success. Because Jordan Love's success has been very much tied to the effectiveness of the run game. Over the last five games, Aaron Jones was very good rushing for over 100 yards a game. But once that that they didn't have as much success on the ground got a little bit tougher for Jordan Love. So I'm really excited about what they did with uh, Aaron Jones in that game minus that big run. Bosa, Logan Ryan, you probably could have stopped that play. And then they max protected and they chipped Bosa. So a lot of people concerned about the 49ers pass rush, and uh, with good reason. I mean, the 49ers pass rush didn't get home. They did get free sometimes. Bosa had a couple uh, times he almost got home. Uh, Chase Young almost had a, a sack on Jordan Love. Fred Warner got tackled, or he would have had a sack on Jordan Love. And then we also had Armstead come free on an errant throw that ended up forcing Carlson's uh, 41-yard field goal miss. So there was pressure. The 49ers were getting pressure on the quarterback. They just weren't getting home. And I think that has been a consistency against Green Bay Packers, whether that was Cowboys or 49ers. Now, this week is a little bit different. Even though Jordan Love wasn't really known uh, as being a scrambler, he was efficient in – and escaping the pocket and extending plays. Uh, I think this week with Goff, the are really going to bear down and go after him, and that's what they have to do. They need to have success with that front four, pin their ears back, get after Goff, uh, still have to stop the run. So I think it's going to be uh, a really interesting week, but that's what my takeaways were from the game. Uh, let me know if you have other questions about what was going on. You disagree with me. You think Kyle called a bad game. I'm just telling you what I saw, and do I think he had bad plays? Yes. Uh, do I think that there was lack of execution in this game by some of the 49ers in the run game? Absolutely. There's no one that can watch this film and say the 49ers were running the football consistently and good uh, in this matchup. They just weren't. And then when it comes to the passing game, you had wide receivers making some mistakes. You had Brock Purdy having the ball slip out of his hands. Those things weren't good. Kyle Shadan dialed up some plays that weren't finished. Uh, and you're not going to finish all of them. You You leave plays out on the field. That's why. You always hear Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel say, "We left some meat out on the bone. We left some out there." Well, they left a lot out there in this one. I didn't even show you a clip of Kyle Buschek and George Kittle getting open in this game. So, um, there were more plays down there. A lot of the times, it it was Brock Purdy starting to feel pressure, having to move, uh, not consistently being able to find guys down the field as they came open late. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a fun one. So, I'm I'm excited about being done. You know, with this episode uh, because now I can turn the page away from the Green Bay Packers and put full focus on the Detroit Lions. Of course, though, I still want to do my film breakdowns over on Patreon. Uh, those are going to be coming up this week as well as the Ant Hill Show and Slightly Offside, so check those out. Um, those are going to be a lot of fun this week. And, of course, just like always, lots of content coming your way. We're going to get in deep into this NFC Championship matchup, talk about the key matchups, talk about the offensive Weapons the 49ers need to use to exploit Detroit's defense. Uh, All the the topics, game preview show later on this week. It's going to be a fun week. I hope you guys are all ready for it. Um, Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already on that push for 5K. This episode brought to you by bet online where the game starts. Catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers.